Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. You know, trying to walk through life and follow God is a challenge, isn't it? There are good things. Yes, there are lots of good things, but there are lots of hard things too. And just because you follow God doesn't mean that the normal hard things of life don't happen to you anymore, right? The car still breaks down, the, the pipes still leak, the jobs, you still lose the job, death happens, changes take place, bad weather and storms, they all happen to all of us whether you follow God or not. But sometimes, as you're going through this journey, there are definitely moments, there are definitely moments where you start to wonder whether or not this is worth worth walking anymore. There are definitely moments, seasons, days, Weeks, months, some of you have experienced years when you have wondered whether or not it is worth following God. Because you have gone through the trials and you have gone through the pains and you've gone through the the seasons and and the problems and it feels like either God has forgotten you or God isn't even there. Some of you have felt, you, you, you have embraced following Jesus and you, you have declared that you are a Christian and you have told people that and because you have told people that, they start to attack you. Some of you have lost relationships. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have lost friendships. Some of you have found that in your family the dynamics have changed and you have, you have created, the, there has been this new created separation between you and people in your family because you call yourself a Christian. And it feels like, why, is, why am I getting separated from my family? How come my family isn't changing? How come my family isn't accepting this faith? How come they're not being drawn to God? Where is God in that? How come He's not working on them and making a difference and it feels like maybe being a Christian really isn't making much of a difference at all except making your life worse. You continue to do what is right and it feels like things keep going wrong. You try to hear God and all you get is silence. You don't see Him at work. You look at your life, you look at your community, you look at your family, you look at your workplace, you look at the world, and you wonder, what is going on? Where is God in all of this? How come God isn't making a difference? How come God isn't stopping these things from happening? feels like the enemy is winning. It feels like God is either not watching that maybe God can't win in that situation. And some of you have even wondered, maybe God isn't even here. 
Because you look around and you just can't see the signs. The feast that we are talking about today is the feast of dedication. More commonly referred to as Hanukkah. Now Hanukkah is one of those interesting Jewish feasts because it is actually not based in the Old Testament. Hanukkah comes from a situation that happened after the Old Testament was written. So there were about 400 years between when the last Old Testament book was written down and when Jesus came. And during that 400 years, God basically stopped talking to the people of Israel. And eventually, the Greeks came in and they conquered Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the capital city of the nation, and it was where they had built this magnificent temple to God. And the Greeks came in, and they came in and they conquered the city and they conquered the temple, and they went into the temple, and they took this idol of Zeus, and they set it up in the temple of God. And in Jewish, Jewish teaching, they believed that certain animals were unclean. One of those most famous that were unclean were pigs. And the Greeks, they took a pig and they slaughtered it in the temple and then they took the blood of the pig and they poured it on the altar and they poured it all over the scrolls of the Old Testament. They desecrated the temple of God. And the Jews looked at that situation and I imagine them looking at that situation and saying, where is God in this? God didn't stop the Greeks from conquering our city. God didn't stop the Greeks from conquering His temple. God didn't stop the Greeks from setting up an idol in His temple. And God didn't stop the Greeks from desecrating it with the blood of a pig. Where is God in this? How come He's not defending His own temple? Maybe God has forgotten us. Maybe God doesn't care about us. Maybe this temple doesn't matter to Him. Maybe God isn't here for us at all. Well, the priests eventually they rebelled. And there was this guy named Judah Maccabee who led a rebellion and eventually they beat the Greeks. Got them out of the temple, got them out of the city, and they got their land back. And when they went in and they cleaned up the temple, they knew they had to dedicate the temple again. But the problem was... The problem was that they didn't have the oil necessary to do the dedication. Because it took so many days for them to consecrate and set aside that oil. And so they took a chance. They took a chance. And they lit the candle. They lit the oil lamp. And let it burn, praying that it would last. And this isn't a necessarily historically verified, but the myth around Hanukkah is that that lamp that should have only been able to burn for a short time lasted eight days. 
which was enough time for the oil to be consecrated so that they could then continue the process after that. Which is why now, in the festival of Hanukkah, you will see Jewish families take the menorah, which has a candle in the middle, and then seven other candles, I think seven other candles, eight other candles, sorry, eight other candles, and they will take the eight days and they will light that center candle and then each day they will light another candle to represent God providing the oil for the lamp for those eight days so that God could then provide and dedicate the temple. You see, they wanted to rededicate the temple to the Lord, but it was actually the Lord that provided the means of the dedication. And that only happened because they took that step of faith to begin the process, even though they saw no way that it could happen. I am sure that there were Jews at that time that looked at the situation and said, where is God? I see no sign of Him. But they took that step of faith and God provided. So even though... So even though the Feast of Dedication or or the Festival of Hanukkah is not in the Old Testament, we do have a reference to it in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, starting in verse 22, it says this, Then came the Festival of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which, for which of these do you want to stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said to you, said you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said I am God's son. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Now, this is really interesting. Verse 40. 
Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed. And many people came to him. They said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. Now, I don't know if you, if you quite caught that there, but Jesus goes from being in the temple during the Feast of Dedication, and the Jews there have seen Jesus perform signs. They have seen Him do things. And they are still saying, are you the Messiah? Are you going to tell us if you're the Messiah? And then He says, I already told you I'm the Messiah. And He goes on and on and tells them this. And they continue to be like, well, then you can't be the Messiah. What? What? And then the passage flips, and Jesus goes outside the temple. He goes out to where John's followers were, where they haven't seen the signs. And the people there believe. The people there believe. In 2 Corinthians, Chapter 5, verse 7. Paul the Apostle makes this statement. For we live by faith, not by sight. I think the festival of Hanukkah pointed to Christ. And I think Christ is highlighting that in John chapter 10 when he's, when he's talking with these people and, it, and, and John is highlighting it in the story of Christ when he, when he contrasts the people in the temple versus the people out, outside the city where Christ is making this, this statement to all of us. And he's saying the salvation that you need, the salvation that's coming is going to be a salvation that does not come by signs and wonders. It is a salvation that comes by faith, not by sight. You get that? Salvation comes by faith, not by sight. The people in the temple who were seeing all the signs, they could see it, but they didn't get it, and they would not be saved. They were not his sheep. But the people outside, where John hadn't done the signs, but John had told them, and they believed. They believed, and salvation came to them. The Jews, during the time of the Maccabees, during the time when the temple was caught, was desecrated, and they had to rededicate it, they could not see God at work. They could not see God there. But it was because they believed that He wanted to be there. They believed that He was still living and active and hadn't forgotten them. That they dedicated the temple and by that faith, they saw that they reclaimed the temple and they reclaimed their city and they reclaimed their land. It was not because they saw all the stuff. It was because God spoke to them and they believed they had faith and that brought the salvation. 
Salvation comes by faith, not by sight. It's kind of like it's kind of like having a baby. Not with all the screaming and crying and grossness. Um, but everything leading up to that. You know that when a woman gets pregnant, the, there are certain things that change, right? There are certain signs that something is going on. And eventually, this area around here starts to get a little bit bigger, right? And we start to go, I don't want to say it because if I'm wrong, I'm going to get slapped. But I think she's pregnant. And we can see the signs. And the woman gets to see the signs. And it becomes obvious to some of us who are seeing those things that the woman is pregnant. And yet, and we believe that they are pregnant with a child. And yet, there are people in our society that would see those signs and say, until I see the child, there is not a life in there. And that seems ridiculous, except that is exactly how the Canadian law works. That until you see the child physically, it is not a life that counts. And it can be abandoned. And for some reason, somehow, there is the truth that there is a life in the womb and it can be ignored you can see the signs and you can still ignore it and miss out on the life but for the rest of us we believe that even though we don't physically see the child that there is a life there and that if we are faithful and we take care of mom and we take care of baby Before we even see baby, there will be new life. Life comes by faith, not by sight. God has something for you. Christ came for you. And even though there are moments in our lives where we don't see the end goal, we don't see the end product, and we are wondering, where is God in this? Where is the sign that He is at work? Where is the life that He has promised? Where is the goodness? Where is the change? Where is the victory? Where are those miraculous signs that I want to see to prove that God is here, that prove that God is working, that prove that I am loved and that I am welcomed and God sees me and He is working and He is going to have the victory? Where are the signs? signs of that salvation comes by faith not by sight it means that we don't stop praying just because it seems like he doesn't hear us 
It means that we don't stop doing good even when the world hates us for doing it. We don't refuse to back down from what is right even when it feels like we're on our own. It means we share our faith even when people attack us for it. It means we trust in Jesus to save us. Even when we have doubts and questions and we don't have the full picture. It would be wonderful. I am, I am naturally, naturally skeptical, analytical, and I would love to stand here and say, here is a box, let me open it, and here is definitive proof that God exists and that He is here and He loves you and that there is eternal life and there is life after death and you need to follow Christ to have that life. I would love to be able to just pick up this box and show you and have definitive proof, undeniable proof of that. But I can't. There is evidence. There are signs. But there is not the end product that I can physically show you here and now about that. And the reality is that even if I could, some of you would still deny it. Because salvation comes by faith, not by sight. So what do you do with that? You need to remember God's promises for one. The people that followed Jesus and followed John knew the Word of God. And they knew His promises. And they decided to believe in the promises and the Word of God beyond everything else that they could see. And because they trusted in God's promises, they saw His salvation. They saw His life. They got the baby. We need to remember the promises of God. That His burden is light. That He will not forsake you. That no one can snatch you out of His hands. That you are not alone. He is fighting for you and He is walking through everything you are walking through with you. And He has strength for you to endure and last through those things. And that if you are faithful, there will be rewards. And if you are faithful, you will see change. And if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. My old boss used to say that the devil has ADD. If you resist him, he gets bored and he has to go do something else. Remember the promises of God. The other thing you need to do is don't quit now. The festival of Hanukkah showed Jews who were not willing to quit 
even though they had no sign that God was at work. And because they didn't quit, because they leaned into their faith, they saw change, they saw salvation. Many of you, you are following God's lead in how you serve and how you volunteer in doing good things and being faithful and making a change and making a move, changing jobs, being part of the mission, whatever it is. Like Robin over in Japan, he's following God's lead there. Don't quit now. Salvation comes by faith, not by sight. And if you will follow Him by faith, you will see that He will provide victory over sin. You will be free from the sin that you've been carrying and addicted to. He will have victory over the world. He will have victory over death. He will have victory over illness. He will have victory over persecution. He will have victory over famine. He will have victory over depression. He will have victory over the people around you. And He has victory coming. He has salvation coming. So if you are here today and you are a follower of Christ, remember the promises of God and don't quit now. Accept the reality that salvation comes by faith, not by sight. And if you are here today and you are not a follower of Christ, I'm not saying that you have to engage in blind faith that what you need to do is you just need to accept something that there is no evidence for no reason to believe it and that you should just go out on a limb because somebody is up here talking no i believe that there are signs i believe that there is evidence i believe that god is speaking to you you just might not have all the evidence all the signs that you want. But when you feel the Lord, when you feel God stir that thing in your heart, speak to your heart that says, I'm here. I'm here. Follow me. And you don't understand it. You don't get the full picture. Take a chance. Take the risk. And lean into faith. Because it's only after you take that step of faith that you will see the salvation that comes. It's only after being faithful for nine months that you get the baby. That you get the life. It was only after deciding to rededicate the temple and lighting the lamp that they got the miracle. And so as we worship here today, consider the steps that God is asking you to take. And embrace the reality that salvation comes by faith, not by sight. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.